from St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. It is Wednesday morning, one of our top 10 favorite days of the week. At six minutes after five, Jack Harris, Katie Bacino, and James Berlander all on board. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, give us a call at 800-969-9352. Or you can text us at 82945. Just begin your text with the call letters WFLA. Of course, the big story, you heard it on the news here. The election results from yesterday's election day and Charlie Crist, the former Republican governor who now wants to be a Democrat governor in a blowout. Um, he got more than 60% of the vote in defeating Nikki Freed. Um, and a poll of registered Democrats had showed 47% supporting Freed to face dissentists in November and just 43% backed Christ. So that shows you the polls aren't necessarily right. That one missed by a big margin because Christ won in basically a blowout. But it would be interesting. I wonder how many people have ever served as a Democrat governor, and a Republican governor, both. That might be a first for him. I think it would be, yeah. But uh, I worked with him back when he was a Republican governor a couple of times, two years, in an event at the uh, TROP, and it was a baseball event, and it involved kids, and I've forgotten what the thing was called. But I emceed it, and he was the main speaker. It was a governor's event back then, and I think it moved to Miami at some point. But nevertheless, his chances, I'm sure, are going to be rather slim against Ron DeSantis, but he's the guy that gets to uh, do it. And Representative Val Demings is going to be the one that goes after Marco Rubio for the Senate. And then one other very key vote, um, Hillsborough County apparently voted against raising property taxes to increase teachers' pay. Now, they're doing a recount on that right now, but assuming that there's no change after the recount, your property taxes apparently aren't going to be increasing in Hillsborough County. Wondering if they can raise sales taxes. That might be possible. That might be a more feasible thing to do. That would be a fairer thing to do. Right. Because everybody takes advantage of schools and everybody uh, has an advantage when the teachers are making enough money and you know, it's perhaps not the thing to do to just make the property owners foot the bill. Oh, I agree. It would be good to have a uh, countywide sales tax increase. That way everybody pays. But if you have any comments to make on 
the election results. We want to hear from you at 800-969-9352 if you want to make any predictions for the upcoming general election in November. Uh, meanwhile, one other thing here, too, is Daniel James Scott, our WFLA tech expert, <clears throat> is back here. So if you have any tech questions that you'd like to ask, this is the guy that can answer them. And you want to call in here and give Katie the uh, question that you might have for Daniel. It's 510 on AM Tampa Bay, and time for Traffic with John Thomas. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trinkman here from the newsroom. And what's new this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, I think we can put to bed the notion that polls mean anything in Florida anymore. (laughs) Now, granted, this was a primary race, so it's much more difficult to get an accurate read on the numbers and who's going to turn out and all that. But, boy, were they wrong on the Charlie Crist-Nikki Freed race. How true, how true. That was a blowout. Huge blowout. Crist is going to get another chance to be governor. The congressman from St. Petersburg won the Democratic primary over Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed with almost 60% of the vote, with Freed getting 35%. He carried 64 of the state's 67 counties. So that means Chris will face off against the incumbent, Ron DeSantis, of course, in November. Chris was governor in 2007 to 2011 when he was a Republican. And that, by the way, was the last time he won a statewide race. Yeah, we were talking earlier about if he were to win, which I don't think he will, I'm sure DeSantis is going to be the heavy favorite going into the general election. But if he were to win, he might be the first ever guy who was a Republican governor and then a Democrat governor. Oh, yeah. That might be a first anywhere, Jack. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, how often does that so. happen? Yeah. That, that would be uh, an unusual situation for sure. But he's got a real mountain to climb when it comes to Governor DeSantis because DeSantis has so much more money at this point. Um, it's oh, not, yeah. It's not clear entirely how much, but they're saying it could be upwards of $100 million. Whereas Chris uh, had a lot more money than Nikki Freed, but we're you know we're not in the primary anymore. This is the real deal. Yeah, and he's going to have to uh, try and win over a state that has multiple metro areas, a number of media markets that are very expensive, and you can bet that DeSantis is just going to blanket the uh, the state with his Top Gun commercial uh, every five minutes. So, yeah. uh, have you seen that one yet? By the way, Jack, what's that? The, the- Top Gun ad with Ron DeSantis. You'll oh, have I to, haven't seen that. Yeah, you're going to have to check that out. It's uh, his version of, of being Tom Cruise inside uh, fighter jets. So you can, <laughs> can check that out. But, you know, I think what Chris showed, Jack, is that old-fashioned campaigning still has value. I mean, he did a lot of these fundraisers. He went around the state talking to key constituencies in the Democratic Party. Nikki Freed, who didn't have as much money, was relying more on social media and uh, more uh, current ways of communicating, Facebook and all that. And it did not pay off in this case. Chris uh, just trounced her. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see how well he can do against DeSantis. And, of course, he's pushing, trying to push the idea that DeSantis wants to go national. and That's right. And not do what's best for the state, but move on to a national office 
but I don't know if that's going to pay off in the general election. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be enough to win in November, but it's certainly going to be one of the issues that Chris talks about. Now, by running for governor, Chris had to give up his congressional seat, and Anna Paulina Luna won the Republican primary in the 13th Congressional District. Uh, much more close race there. She got 44%. Kevin Hazley got 34%. A couple of other candidates broke up the rest of the uh, the numbers there, but she is going to move on and, and get another chance. Uh, she was the candidate for Republicans against Chris last time and lost. Mm-hmm. But the district is different now. It's much more Republican the way it was uh, drawn by Ron DeSantis when they did the redistricting after the census. So it definitely has uh, the possibility of being flipped to the Republicans. Yeah. So it looks like Hillsborough County residents will not be getting a property tax increase. Voters rejected a one mill increase that would have raised money. For the schools, the referendum defeated by less than a 1,000 votes. Now, the total is unofficial because it appears that it's within that one-half of 1%, meaning an automatic recount will go in, and they'll they'll have to count the votes again. About 220,000 votes cast, so, you know, it's down to about 600 votes whether or not this thing goes through. But that's still quite a, a lot of votes to turn around. You know, when you do these recounts, there's always a few votes that get flipped over or thrown out, but 600 is uh, still a challenge. Yeah, and James and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, it would be better probably to add a one-penny property, I mean, a one-penny sales tax. That way everybody pays for the teacher's raises rather than just property owners. That's kind of unfair to just property owners doing all the paying for the teachers. Yeah, because I'd be paying, but Katie wouldn't be paying, for example. <laughs> Even there though we go. both support the teachers. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, but that's that's what's called a regressive tax. So people who make a lot more money, everybody buys the same amount of food, for example, and pays the same sales tax. But people who make more money are paying a much smaller percentage uh, of the sales tax out of their income versus somebody with a low income who pays the same sales tax. That would take a bigger chunk out of their income. So that's, well, that's, that's a good point. That's that's one of the problems with raising a, a sales tax to, to pay for those things. But that is one of the ways you could do it. But typically schools are in the control of uh, the local county governments and the city governments and whatnot. So th- uh, the property taxes is, w- is what they have control over. And yeah. so that's why they, they usually raise that on, on property tax uh, uh, rates for people who own property. So there is uh, another announcement that could happen later today, Jack. President Biden is expected to make an announcement about student loans and the debt forgiveness issue. Uh, He's expected to extend the payment pause for several months. And he's also working on forgiving loans up to $10,000 for people who make less than one hundred and twenty-five grand a year. So Ooh, that's 125 grand a year. Yeah. That's so, a pretty nice piece of change. That's right. So that's the idea if if you, you know, make more than that, then you're going to have to pay the rest of your loans. It's a controversial issue because, you know, some people who have paid their student loans are like, "Well, why do I why don't I get a break? I already yeah. paid mine off." I I'm, uh, I'm one of those. Of course, I haven't had a student loan, but thinking, "Why do I have to pay for Everybody yeah. else's student loan when I had to get a job to make enough money to go to school. That's right. Although college cost a lot less in years past than it does today. Oh, yeah. And the loans, one of the arguments, Jack, is that the loans are a lot uh, more uh, punitive. You know, the interest rates and, and the things that uh, they put on these students 
uh, a lot of people end up paying more in the end than the actual loan they took out because of all the interest and oh yeah and things of that Definitely nature. So, but uh, you know, I don't think it's a big surprise that the president would make an announcement like this right before the election. And I'm not a surprise. <laughs> you know, I, I just can't imagine him coming out and saying, you know, sorry, you're all cut off. No more loans. We're we're shutting it down. Well, they were talking about that at one point. <laughs> yes, but and cutting uh, back on them, and now they've increased them in a big way. Yeah, but we're way too close to November for them to to do that. So yeah, look for that later on today. And Chris will have more coming up here at the bottom of the hour in eight minutes. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's five twenty-two on AM Tampa Bay, and let's see what's happening in the asphalt jungle with John Thomas. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And also Katie Bacino and James Verlander. Katie came up with this list here of, uh, well, let's say travel blogs, 12 most iconic restaurants in Florida list. Um, and those in the Bay Area include. Burns, Burns Steakhouse, and that's one of the greatest in the country, no doubt about oh, that. Yeah. In fact, if you try to get reservations now, can't get in till October. Oh, wow. And so I'm guessing you've tried. Yeah, well, we were going to take our friend there for a birthday and couldn't get a couldn't get a reservation till October. I've heard is, that from multiple people. I saw someone complaining about that on TikTok the other day, actually. Yeah. Well, Columbia Restaurant, of course, the classic historic Columbia, and Yoder's Restaurant in Amish Village, which, have you all ever been to that one? I have. Their pie is so good. It is probably some of the best pie you could ever have. Oh, you better believe it. And whenever I go there for lunch, and Joy doesn't like this, but all I eat is pie. I don't blame you. Or dessert. (laughs) I just get dessert. But they, there are nine other restaurants that made the list of most iconic in the state. And I've been to most of them. Joe's Stone Crab in Miami Beach, been there. The Versailles Cuban Restaurant in Miami, I've been there. Their Cuban sandwiches aren't as good as they are up here. I mean, they don't do them quite right. Which is incredible because they're closer to my, uh, to Cuba. I know. Wow. That's what's amazing. We've got so many places where you can get a great and proper Cuban, and they don't in Miami. Uh, well, they got Victoria and Alberts in Orlando. I've been there. Blue Heaven in Key West. I've eaten there. Wow. <laughs> You've been uh, everywhere. Hunt's Oyster Bar in Panama City many times. I don't know if I, I think I might have been to McGuire's Irish Pub in Pensacola. I'm sure you have. That sounds right up your alley. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, this one I haven't. The old Spanish sugar mill in De Leon Springs. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Osteen's in St. Augustine. I've eaten there. And Jackson's Ice Cream Parlor and Restaurant in Hollywood. I haven't eaten there. So I, I have driven by Jackson's a few times when I've been in Hollywood because it's my mission to go. The line is always so long. People are literally lined up outside the to the street and i just never have gotten the chance to go well i've been to nine or ten out of the twelve that's so pretty good i'll try to pick up the other one someday it's 528 on am tampa bay keeping you up on what's trending here's the am tampa bay trendsetter katie Bacino. and at 537 
What do we have trending today, Katie? Well, of course, have to start with the national days. Today, National Peach Pie Day. Na- national Maryland Day. So everyone from Maryland. National Maryland Day? National Maryland Day, correct. Why do they get a day and the rest of the states don't? I know, right? I don't ever remember reading about a National Florida Day. No. We have too many Florida men here. Or National West Virginia Day. (laughs) No, no National West Virginia Day. I'll have to look it up. I'm sure it exists somewhere. And also National Waffle Day. Oh, I love waffles. I love a good waffle. And good butter and lots of good maple Maple syrup syrup. on there. Got to be the real stuff, too. Yeah. I saw this online. There is an America's Favorite Pet competition that's currently going on to raise money for the Progressive Animal Welfare Society. Yeah, and the leader right now is an emotional support alligator. He's seven years old. His name's Wally Gator, and he is in first place right now. He apparently actually gives hugs. Yeah. It's crazy. He can crawl right out of his little take and kind of wrap his tiny little reptile arms around you and give you a hug like he i guess he's owned by people that operate a reptile rescue and i don't know how they trained this alligator to do this but he's got a big following on tiktok he's he's a popular little guy and if he wins he's going to get a ten thousand dollar prize and a two-page spread in in touch magazine the second place person right or not person animal is a chinchilla named churro is that alligator from south florida it uh you know i don't know I'm I don't know where the alligator is from. Is. I would assume it's from Florida. I wonder if, uh, since it's a pet, if you'd be able to fly with it on an airplane. I would think since it's an emotional support alligator. Who approved that now? Come on. An I, emotional support alligator. I mean, give it a couple years. Just wait. Just wait. It'll happen. <laughs> I was trying to see where this rescue is from. I think, I think it's I, in I, South Florida. Yeah, I'm guessing it almost had to be. And we've got crocodiles and alligators down there now. We sure do. I've seen more and more videos circulating of crocodiles just like lurking on Alligator Alley and in the Everglades. It's getting spooky. That it is, for sure. I want to get in the water less and less every single day with these shark attacks, alligator <laughs> attacks. Now there's crocodiles in the water. Well, no, no, they're going to be in people's homes. They're emotional support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't try and hug them, everyone. Don't try and hug them. Hey, they've got to eat, so, you know, what the heck. I guess. It's 540 on AM Tampa Bay, and checking in now with John Thomas and traffic. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 543, and let's go to the phones here in Glen in Tampa. What's on your mind this morning? I got a question for you. You and James was talking about the penny tax. Didn't they have one about two years ago and shot it down on transportation? Took our uh, sales tax from seven and a half to eight percent, eight and a half percent. They did uh, vote it down. And, the transportation sales tax. You're right. And they couldn't figure out how to give it back to the taxpayers. Why don't they take some of that money right there and give it to the schools so they can pay the teachers and whoever else? That would be a smart idea. That is a great idea, Glenn. We're going to have to because elect you. If you if you go another penny, it's going to take our sales tax up to 9.5%. Wow. I didn't realize it would be that high. I think Glenn ought to run for office. He should. I'd vote for Glenn. 
Yes, I think I would too. Hey, by the way, in case you went to bed early last night, the Rays squeaked by the Angels 11-1. to <laughs> And that's a four-game winning streak now for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. They've got uh, two more with the Angels. They play them tonight and tomorrow night. And then they head to Boston for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, meanwhile, the Buccaneers are going to be at Indianapolis taking on the Colts on Saturday night. And then they start the season at Dallas September 11th. And we don't have a home game until September 25th when the Packers are going to come to town. It's 545 on AM Tampa Bay. And if you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 800-969-9352. Also, if you're listening on the iHeartRadio app, there's a little microphone uh, on the app while you're listening to us. You could always leave us a message just by hitting that microphone and recording like a, like a voicemail for us, too. So it's brand new technology we're trying out here. Yeah, this is pretty neat. And if you don't have the iHeart app, you need to get it because you can listen to AM Tampa Bay or any of uh, 970 WFLA anywhere, anytime. And less static as well. Yes, it's a perfect broadcast for you. So uh, by all means, check it out there, the uh, iHeart radio app. And we hear from people all the time that listen in places like Boston and Indianapolis and oh yeah, worldwide Brooklyn and few yeah. In fact, I ran into a couple of people when we were in England one time and <laughs> who listened to us over in London, England, and it can be done on the iHeart app. Hey, uh, yesterday, um, Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary visited the uh, port of Tampa, the port of Tampa Bay, uh, because the port is getting a significant-sized federal grant, and that's why the Transportation Secretary was there. Um, but it's the $12.6 million infrastructure called RAISE is aimed at adding capacity at the port and this part's great, creating 800 full-time jobs and also reducing emissions at the uh, Port Red Wing facility. That, of course, is the main goal of the uh, current government, but the Port Red Wing facility handles construction materials and agriculture and phosphate products and heavy machinery and other cargo. But uh, the grant funding is part of President Biden's infrastructure law. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, Congresswoman Kathy Castor described the port as the lifeblood in the community and talked about expanding it will help make sure the economy is running smoothly. And this is a great thing. But... Um, this is the first of many grants that are going to come to Port Tampa Bay to modernize the operations, according to Congresswoman Castor. But they've been getting a lot of attention 
lately from both sides of the aisle politically. At the end of the month, last month, Senator Marco Rubio visited there, saying it's critical for the U.S. and its allies to step up manufacturing, and especially at ports, while simultaneously diversifying the shipping industry. And Rubio even said that Port of Tampa Bay could play a key role in that. And that's an important part of our Tampa Bay economy. And it's great to find out that they're going to be able to add about 800 more full-time jobs for the Port of Tampa. It's 549 on AM Tampa Bay. And let's see how the ground traffic is doing now with John Thomas. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 553 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're joined now by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News reporter. And this report is brought to you by the Oncology Institute. And, Roy, I understand the dollar is at record heights now against the euro. Uh, is that a good or bad thing? Well, it depends if you're buying or selling. <laughs> if you're trying to buy something imported from Europe, that's great, because uh, with that exchange, it's going to help out. If you want to take a trip to Europe, now is a great time uh, to visit a country that is on the euro. Actually, it's a great time to visit the U.K., too, the dollar versus pound is also pretty good actually the dollar is very strong worldwide you know the dollar is the currency they use to trade oil so that's helped uh plus the u.s economy is seen as one of the most stable in the world so many investors are flocking to the u.s it also helps uh that our interest rates are going up a bit too so that's uh got more overseas dollars coming in so it's good if you are buying tough though if you're trying to sell overseas does it help in bringing tourism to the U.S.? No, it does not. Uh, so right now we're about parity. I think now we're a little bit under. So I think it's a, 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 you can, a European uh, would get a dollar for 99 cents of a euro. So they are sort of losing a penny on each transaction. So it's not a big deal by much. But, you know, it used to be like $1.18, I think, is the record high. So it was, imagine an 18% discount on everything you buy. So more Europeans would flock to the U.S., and especially uh, in Florida. But, uh, yeah, so now that's a tough time right now. That's a, that's an obstacle. Hey, by the way, you're in Florida, and uh, were you surprised by any of the state election results yesterday? I was really surprised about uh, Nikki Freed. I thought that was going to be a much closer race. You know, there was a poll out of the University of North Florida just last week that said she was leading. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she lost by like 25 points. Uh, yeah, so that was really, that was a surprise. But, uh, you know, uh, Congressman Christ, I'm still used to calling him governor. Uh, Congressman Christ did uh, did well. Actually, I'm used to calling him attorney general, used to calling him education commissioner, used to calling Charlie everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, he, he had a strong turnout yesterday. Well, we were talking about, although his chances are probably pretty slim against uh Ron DeSantis, unless Ron makes a huge mistake somewhere, but um, if he were to win it, uh, he might be the first time ever a guy was a 
a Republican governor and then a Democrat governor. Yeah, that would be something. I think there's been a switch to an independent before, but I don't know if there's been a, a, a total uh, Republican to, gov- to Democrat switch. That would be remarkable. By the way, have you seen Governor DeSantis's Top Gov commercial? What'd you think? I haven't seen it. Somebody else mentioned oh my it God. earlier today. Yep, it's uh, him sort of doing a riff on the Top Gun movie. So he's in his flight jacket, I think, with his one of, with his son, and he's going around the airplanes at the one of our military bases. Oh, you know, I did see a little of that. I didn't watch the commercial, but I was somewhere where it was on TV at that time, and I thought, well, that's a strange outfit he's got on right now. <laughs> yeah, he's airing that commercial nationally, too, which is a little bit interesting. Wow, that's something. Well, of course, he's got national interest too either as certainly does a vice president or a president in the not too distant future and of course that was part I'm, of and I'm, and I'm reminded of how young he is every time i see him like, oh, oh yeah 42 or 43 years I mean. of him. <laughs> yeah very young well anyway thanks for joining us this morning we'll talk to you tomorrow rory thanks jack this report brought to you by the oncology institute a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. And there are six locations in the Bay Area. Make an appointment at oncologyinstitute.com. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Bloomberg Radio. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning, a good Wednesday morning to you with Cracker Jack, an incredibly cute and keenly capable Kate, Katie, and judicious and jocular James. Still fighting this problem with my voice, folks. I hope you'll forgive me for that. But nevertheless, it is AM Tampa Bay, and you can call us at any time. you have any comments to make, like Joe in West Tampa. And, Joe, what's on your mind this morning? Man, that was awesome with Charlie Chris did. I don't been Republican and Democrat. Let me say this. Charlie Chris going to have to pick one hell of a lieutenant governor. If he picked the right lieutenant governor, there's got to be a woman. Got Dale Venice out there. The vote got to get out. You know there's more Republicans than Democrats in Florida right now. But Charlie Chris got to make one hell of a pick when it comes to his lieutenant governor, and it has to be a woman. And probably a woman of color, because what, what, what DeSantis got? He got Miss Nunes, born in 1972, and I got out of high school. But uh, ain't nobody heard nothing what she's doing. She's been in the background. But if he get the right one, the right lieutenant governor, this thing can be real competitive, regardless of the money on the table. And that's all I want to say about that. But appreciate your program, Jack, Katie, and your mother guy there. I've been listening <laughs> well, to you all morning. You. I love this good. Well, hey, Joe, we really appreciate your listening. And you're right about that. He's going to definitely pick a woman and probably a woman of color. But we'll see how all that plays out. Yeah, I think sure. with Chris, I mean, it's it's name recognition. We've all had him as governor before, so I think that's why he topped the ballot this time around. Yeah. Interesting if he becomes first guy ever to be a... Republican governor and then a Democrat governor. But. Right. I, I don't know if it'll be a close close. I, I think a lot of people are fans of DeSantis. I'm one of them. Oh, yeah. I think DeSantis is going to win it. I mean, he's certainly going to be the favorite. 
Hey, we got some birthdays to celebrate here. The uh, mayor of Seminole, Leslie Waters. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, is that right? I think it is. <laughs> oh, let's hope so. Or Janet or- Rogers. <laughs> One of them is the mayor of Seminole. Well, you just named someone mayor, so. Yeah. Uh, Lizette Rivera. Richard Escobar. My old friend Chuck Palm having a birthday today. Uh, Steve Kona the third. Jessica Butler. And the guy who put together World of Beer, Paul Avery, having a birthday. Beer. Yes, indeed. World of Beer. That's a great place. And what have you all got? I also have Jessica Butler, Alexandro Sosa, Mike Pierce, Randy Davenport. And I've got Carrie Vance, Colin Bidencap, and also Joe Heist, who's a DJ in uh, Ybor City. Ah, Another DJ. Yep. Ritter will be getting on later this week, too. An old half-blind cowboy stumbles into an all-girl biker bar by mistake, and he fumbles his way to the bar stool and orders a shot of Jack Daniels. After sitting there for a while, he yells to the bartender, Hey, you want to hear a blonde joke? And the bar immediately falls silent in a very deep, husky voice. The woman next to him says, Hey, before you tell that joke, cowboy, I think it's only fair, given that you're nearly blind, you ought to know five things. The bartender's a blonde girl with a baseball bat. Bouncer's a blonde girl. I'm a six-foot-tall, 175 blonde woman with a black belt in karate. And the woman sitting next to me is blonde and a professional weightlifter. Weightlifter. And the lady to your right is blonde and a professional wrestler. Now think about it seriously, cowboy. You still want to tell that blonde joke? And the cowboy thinks for a second and shakes his head and mutters, No, not if I'm going to have to explain it five times. (laughs) That's so mean. (laughs) That is Why Why did women, blondes, become the object of... So many jokes. I don't know. I've dated brunettes, and I think all brunettes are crazy. Just saying. Uh, so I got to date a blonde now. Well, we've got a we've got a very sane one in here, right? Yes, yeah, in Katie. Eh, <laughs> that we know about. That we know about. We'll have to do some brunette jokes for Katie. Anyway, it's eleven after six on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Now. Taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history, August 24th, and it's presented by the Duncan Duo. In 1682, William Penn received the area that is now the state of Delaware and added it to his colony of Pennsylvania. 1781, in the Revolutionary War, a small force of Pennsylvania militia is ambushed and overwhelmed by an American Indian group that forces George Rogers Clark to abandon his attack on Detroit. 1814, British troops invade Washington, D.C., and during the burning of Washington, the White House, the Capitol, and many other buildings are set ablaze. 1816, the Treaty of St. Louis is signed in St. Louis, Missouri, and that was with Indians. 
1857. The Panic of 1857 begins setting off one of the most severe economic crises in U.S. history. 1909, workers start pouring concrete for the Panama Canal. 1932, Amelia Earhart becomes the first woman to fly across the U.S. nonstop from Los Angeles to Newark, New Jersey. 1933, the Crescent Limited train derails in Washington, D.C. after the bridge it is crossing is washed out by the 1933 Chesapeake-Potomac hurricane. 1944, World War II, Allied troops begin the attack on Paris. 1949, the treaty creating the North Atlantic Treaty Organization goes into effect, NATO. 1950, Edith Sampson becomes the first black U.S. delegate to the United Nations. 1951, United Airlines Flight 615 crashes near Dakota, California, killing 50. 1954, the Communist Control Act goes into effect, outlawing the American Communist Party. 1967, led by Abby Hoffman, the Youth International Party temporarily disrupts trading at the New York Stock Exchange by throwing dollar bills from the viewing gallery, causing trading to cease as brokers scramble to grab them. 1970, the Vietnam War protesters bomb Sterling Hall at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, leading to an international manhunt for the perpetrators. 1981, Mark David Chapman is sentenced to 20 years to life in prison for murdering John Lennon. 1991, Mikhail Gorbachev resigns as head of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. 1991, this is interesting considering what's happening there today, but the Ukraine declares itself independent from the Soviet Union. 1992, and I remember this well, we were at a hotel in the middle of the state, people from Miami and that area just pouring in up there. We didn't know why for a while, but Hurricane Andrew made landfall in Homestead, Florida, as a Category 5, causing up to $25 billion in damages. 1995, Microsoft Windows 95 was released to the public in North America. In 2006, the International Astronomical Union redefines the term planet such that Pluto is now considered a dwarf planet. And finally, in 1975, the Tampa Bay Rowdies won the NASL championship against the Portland Timber, and that was their first year. And fortunately, I got to be the voice of the Rowdies the next year, 1976, when we lost the championship to the New York Cosmos. And that's this day in history for August 24th, presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming. Be a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now and join the duo.com. It's 620 and time to check in with John Thomas. 
On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 625 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're joined by Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. Um, and Aaron, the price of steak, which uh, obviously is one of the costliest items that people buy, is now going down. Why is why are steak prices going down now? Yes, something to celebrate. I feel like I'm always delivering bad news, so this is exciting. These prices, they fell about 1% in the four-week period ending on August 7th. And this is retail beef prices. It's typically one of the costliest grocery store purchases, but they're falling um, after more than a year of increasing. And this is because consumer demand, it's really softened for the pricier cuts. You see ribeye, New York strip, these are often the most expensive. They're down. Now, I should note that at the same time, the cheapest cuts of beef, the, the ground beef prices that are usually not as expensive, they're still in high demand, and they actually increased 7% over the same period mm. compared with roughly 20% increase in January, so it's better. But a lot of this is because of climate, believe it or not. So more cattle are being directed to the processing plant because of the, the drought this summer. Ranchers had to shrink the size of their herds because of persistent drought in the U.S., and basically that improved the supply of beef in stores. So if you like ribeye, if you like New York strip, go get it now, freeze it because the prices are likely not going to stay this low throughout the end of the year. Is this being reflected in restaurants? Indeed, across the board. So both, uh, you know, wholesale, retail, you'll see the price coming down. Now, I can't speak for every restaurant. They set their margins in their own way that's necessary for them to succeed as a business. But if the price is coming down across the board, yes, prices can sometimes come down in restaurants, but it's a different thing than eating at home, and that's important to remember. One other thing here, um, they say that fewer Americans are switching jobs uh, than even a few months ago, and why is that? Why uh, all of a sudden are people satisfied with their jobs? It's a great question. I wouldn't necessarily say they're satisfied. They're just reluctant to move in the face of a looming recession. So when things get more dicey economically people generally stay put in their jobs they have a lower tolerance for risk if things are really dark on the horizon and they could find themselves without a job at all in a couple of years because if you're a new employee you're you know first one hired last one hired first one fired so it's important to stay where you are if that is at all a concern for you and the rate of transition to a different employer that declined 4.1 percent in july compared with 5.9 the same month one year ago and also the average full-time offer, that has grown, and this is because of inflation. The average full-time wage offer is now 60000 up from 58 a year ago. So people who aren't switching or they're hoping to get paid, and those who are switching aren't doing it unless they're being compensated. Mm. Interesting for sure. I mean, uh, given the what we had with the COVID uh, and everything else, I guess it's really turn the job market and everything upside down, but hopefully we're getting back to normal. Yes. That's good to hear. Anyway, Aaron, thanks for joining us this morning, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. Hey, we got Daniel James Scott, our tech expert, coming up here in the next half hour. And uh, so if you have any tech questions, 
he can answer them. So call Katie now and let her know what those questions might be. 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, Katie, who is our dope of the day? It is a Canadian pizza driver who had himself a wild night. So the officers over there clocked him doing 74 miles an hour, which was twice the posted speed limit. He was trying to deliver a pizza, so I do appreciate that he was trying to get it to them in a timely fashion, but you can't double the speed limit. So when officers pulled him over, they found out he was also using his cell phone while he was speeding, and they went to ask him for his insurance, and he didn't have any. So, not a good night for this pizza delivery driver. I think not. You got an automatic 14-day vehicle impound. They're strict over there. And a 30-day driver's license suspension, plus a fine between two dollars and $10,000. They don't mess around in Canada. Boy, I'll say. That is rough. I feel bad for the person who didn't get their pizza, though. <laughs> they didn't get it, darn Hey, by the way, Daniel, James Scott coming up in a few minutes here. So if you have any tech questions, you got to call Katie right now. Or if you're listening on the iHeartRadio app, there's a microphone on the app. They could hit that and leave us a message to pass along to Daniel as well. Yeah, that's good. By the way, we were going to get something uh, asking people to text them, and I forgot what it was now. Uh, I mean, this was last week, I think. Have we gotten any texts? We got a couple actually this morning. I gotta refresh the page real quick. Hmm. I've forgotten what it was. We wanted suggestions on something. Oh, Walk of Fame. I think you were asking people to weigh in on the Walk of oh, Fame. Oh yeah, who they think ought to be on there. Yes. And I don't see any answers for that. Yeah, our listener, our other listener, uh Sandra Kubler for being our other listeners for so long and putting up with us someone texted it and just said the name ray lewis so ray lewis yeah now i've got to think about who that would be i don't know who that is not even sure if that had anything to do with what we were talking about but maybe it was a walk of fame nomination but someone did say the super harris highway and i love that the what? The Super Harris Highway. We should have a road here in Tampa called the Super Harris oh, yeah, we Highway. Were, we were talking about, you know, Webb's Way. Yeah, Webb's Way or Webb's Bur- Boulevard or Webb's yeah. Avenue. Berlander Boulevard. Maybe. There you go. Here's some more suggestions. Tino Martinez, George Steinbrenner, of course. Yeah. General Norman Schwarkotz. Oh, yeah. Billy Connors, Jimmy Hart, Leroy Selman, of course, and Lou Pinea. Pinea. Pinella? Sure. Yep. Hey, that works. Mm-hmm. Was yep. it Lou Pinella? Maybe. P-I-N-I-E-L-L-A. Yeah, I think that's Lou Pinella. Yeah, they might have misspelled it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball guy, well-known. Yeah, the um, one, well, we'll have to get around to this later, but uh, my guy Bert in Plant City had uh, brought this suggestion or this question we might have to wait till uh, tomorrow to get around to it, but nevertheless, um, we'll have Daniel James Scott coming up here in just a minute. 
But right now, we're going to check your traffic with John Thomas. Hey, that guy, Daniel James Scott, is the mm. best part of the show. Computer got you all comboozled? It's the techno babble you just don't have time to understand. It's time for Technically Speaking with Daniel James Scott on AM Tampa Bay with Man. Jack Harris. When it comes to tech, I am always bamboozled. And Daniel James Scott with us right now. And... um what are kids doing online these days? Well, if you would have told me 10 years ago that Google would be operating the most popular destination for teens in 2022, I would have told you, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where they're spending their time. 95% of teens spend time on YouTube. And that's an, that's an incredible statistic if you really think about it. Um, it beats out. TikTok, it beats out all of the Facebook properties. Um, pretty incredible. But James and I were just talking about it. Um, you know, the, the idea of kids are just are kids and they're going to they're going to go to the highest entertainment value. And, you know, when uh, when television was introduced and you had access to it, you stopped listening to radio. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's happened pretty much with every generation when you could get, um, you know, clips of video on the Internet when I was a kid you stopped going to blogs as much or you stopped, you know, interfacing on in chat rooms and things like that. And you kind of always move to the highest fidelity. So it, it makes a little bit of sense. Um, will we see TikTok and this artificial intelligence algorithm system beat out the ability to be able to select longer form um, video yet to be seen? Uh, but it's it's really interesting. And the second really interesting piece that I found about this was social media usage actually declined for folks that are under 30 but not yet not uh teenagers anymore so we're seeing a lot of uh video activity from teens and we're seeing a lot of folks uh post their teenage years declining their social media use what is the uh i mean i use google a lot but it's to look things up like a map of a location i'm trying to go to or something like that but what's the deal with, uh, what are they doing with Google other than that? <laughs> well, YouTube is, is really the, is the big piece, right? So, um, and it's, it comes a lot down to learning as it turns out. I want to figure out how to do something. As a matter of fact, my wife and I had this, uh, just the other day. We couldn't get the, uh, the door handle broke off. That's one of the, the benefits of having, uh, twin five year olds, I think. The, <laughs> the handle just dropped off a door and, uh, it was, it was on the quote unquote wrong side. So we couldn't figure out how to get the other handle off. And uh, I spent half an hour on YouTube and I'm not as good as, uh, my millennial wife at, at finding things on there. <laughs> and she was able to do it over the weekend. She was able to find that, but she wasn't, um, she was really only using Google to be able to find a video to demonstrate how to, how to accomplish this very particular thing. And apparently this is happening with TikTok as well. You know, how do I cook a souffle or how do I do something very specific is one of the, one of the biggest searches there. People are looking to try to figure things out. By the way, this is kind of interesting. Um, the story on, it was in the Daily Mail. They report that President Trump's social media app, uh, Truth Social, are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, it's seen a 550% increase in downloads in the week following the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. So people are yeah. looking to that. But, I mean, that's enormous, a 
50% increase. Yeah, I think I think what's interesting, and um, I don't know if you read Bob Lefsetz or anything, any of these commentators about the music industry or entertainment, it's this idea of it is really hard to get a message out these days because nobody's in one particular place. So the idea that you could drive that many downloads coming from traditional media stories is is still a big a big piece of this as far as I'm concerned because the question is, how does Jack Harris become popular? <laughs> like, if we have the Harris app, for example, right? It would almost take some sort of national story to get people to go, oh, I want to hear what he has to say in his own environment, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's a really interesting um, psychological experiment to kind of determine, okay, well, how do we drive you know technology usage? And it's still coming from from mass media. If that wasn't a big story, people wouldn't have downloaded that to, to hear what... Um, the former president had to say, yeah. um, and so how do we how do we do how do we do that with music? How do we do that with other things? I mean, one of the the, the concerns on Spotify, for example, is if I'm a new artist, how do I break? Well, I have to go find some non-music story to kind of boost my profile. I go star in a movie or I do something else, <laughs> and then I can I can get people to be able to discover my music. And so it's it's really interesting how we're going to find these things. And it's it, circling back to Instagram, one of those pieces that people are concerned about is how are people going to going to get my message if there if there's AI telling them what they should view oh, and yeah. they probably likely wouldn't choose what I have to say right <laughs> so um so it's a really interesting challenge going forward well we like your input <laughs> oh, thank we'll take you. yours every time our WFLA tech expert Daniel James Scott and it's at sparkcatalyst.com and on Twitter you can follow him at spark catalyst and thank you daniel and i love hearing from you and i love that little microphone on the app too it's great oh there you go yeah and on the iheart radio app james does listen to them i yeah, promise you yes, yes, he does. Time. <laughs> hey thank you daniel thank you for sure it's six fifty on am tampa bay and here's john thomas now Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And Katie Bacino and James Berlander. By the way, I want to give a shout out to an old friend and guy who's been a listener for a long time. <clears throat> and today is his last day. He is with um, Tampa Mercedes. Ben's place, uh, Dan Willing, and he's been there 46 years. Wow. And today is his last day. So good luck in retirement, Dan Willing. Hope you still get up and listen. <laughs> oh, by the way, you got to check out our blog here. I haven't seen this one yet. Katie competing in the ice bath challenge. Sure did. Are you down in ice in that thing there? Yes, I was down in a trash can full of ice. It was a brand new clean trash can, but that's what we competed in so we could fit our bodies into Good it. Good Lord. I don't know if I could even possibly do that. <laughs> but we've got some scenes of what they call complete chaos at Spirit Airlines. Boy, they've had some real problems People getting in fights and everything else. Some people consider them the worst airline in the world, and they kind of admit it at times, too. 
I can't remember if I've flown them or not. I'm sure I have all the flying I've done. But, um, well, I'm just not sure if I've flown them. But I, I hope I don't get involved in any of that stuff if I do fly them. Uh, and this one you've got to see. Oh, i got to check this out, too. Uh, James making a pizza. I love cooking. <laughs> I love eating. It was delicious, too. I'll I'm bring in, some in next time. I'm in for eating. But the one thing you also have to check out, and I want to thank Rob Schweitzer for getting us this, but it goes back to 1995 on Harrison Company, the TV show I had at noon out at Bush Gardens. And Katie was a little baby there with her mom, Lisa. And I went down and interviewed Lisa in the audience because she did my show open and went down to interview her. And Katie, it becomes clear she was going into radio because <laughs> she is grabbing at the microphone like crazy. <laughs> Full circle moment for us. Yeah. I mean, she's just a little baby in her mom's arms, reaching out there and grabbing at that microphone, trying to take it away from me. But anyway, you'll find it at amchampabay.com, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on that very same AM Champa Bay. Live it up.